It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He is Andy. And we want to do a couple of, of congratulations and thanks, I guess. Well, let's start with the thanks. I mean, it's it's Mother's Day uh, as of us recording this Dubcast. And I just want to shout out all the moms out there, all the soon-to-be moms out there. It's it's so great that you do what you do and, and do it so well. So thank you so much, moms. Um, any any thoughts on moms? <laughs> Moms are the best. I, Moms are I, great. I, I love my mom. My my mom. I, I joked when I was a kid that, and I and I should say it. I guess uh, when I was in high school in particular, that my friends liked my parents better than they liked me. They would come <laughs> over, and and I, I was blessed with, uh, and still am blessed with wonderful parents. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we lived on the farm, and people would come out to the house and in my high school days people my my classmates and let's say be after an ffa meeting or uh you know some some student council project i was working on or something i remember prom committee in particular mom did most of the carpentry for the work that we did to transform our gym for prom nice. uh, and, and i don't know if this is true like everywhere in the state of ohio but like southern ohio high school proms are a big deal so we would turn mm. our gymnasium into whatever the theme was so in our case like mom literally built a bridge over a fake stream, uh, you know, wow. in the gymnasium. And we hung, uh, uh, like these lattice panels from guy wires, the link to cover the bleachers and, you know, like vined Ivy through them and all this crazy stuff. And mom did all the carpentry for this. And so like people would come over to our house after one of these kind of building sessions for prom or an FFA meeting, you know, it's 10 o'clock at night. We've been out like riding four wheelers in the farm fields and, you know, mom's cooking food for these kids. And like, they just, so I'm super blessed to have great folks, uh, had a nice mother's day dinner, uh, to my, my brother and I, uh, took mom to, to dinner down at the spillway near Lake Cowan, which is a great little local joint. If you're anywhere near, uh, Lake Cowan, highly recommend the, the spillway, go support your, your local restaurants. They were fantastic. Um, but yeah, mom's awesome she's a super great grandmom too loves loves being a grandmom I she's kind of passed me you know I've kind of been passed over in mm -hmm. favor of the little tyke which is is as it should be yeah uh, you know. yeah yeah also shout Grandma's out to the stunning Mrs. There. Vance who is the best mom uh I could ever have hoped to snag to raise my little tyke she's uh she's pretty amazing so yeah that's great Moms are awesome. Yeah. Go mom. Yeah, my mom also fantastic. Um, and my mom-in-law also pretty great. Um, the, both very interesting, accomplished people. And and shout out to both of them. And shout out to my sister who is about to become a mom in about a week. And my wife who's going to be a mom. And if, I wasn't and sure if months. you were ready to break that news. On no, the, no, I'll, I'll put that on cast or not. So that's why I didn't give a shout out to. To well, I uh, need to prepare the listeners for the the fact that uh, you know, Dubcast <laughs> may be slightly different starting in August. We're gonna we're, we're, <laughs> we'll we're see gonna what have, that uh, looks like. New co-commentary um, <laughs> uh, from Little G. Yeah, that should be interesting. Do, do you, uh, yeah, and I don't want to dig too much into your personal business. I'm just super sure. excited for you guys. I, Thank you. Being a daddy is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So anytime somebody in my close personal circle of friends is is having a baby, it just brings back all those warm and fuzzy feelings that I have about being a dad. You know, they talk about you know, your maternal, the maternal instinct or the maternal drive or whatever. Like, I don't know if every dad has this or not, but I got it in spades like that, mm. that daddy daughter thing is amazing and so anyway uh do you guys have like a nickname for the growing little like i'm, I'm calling it little g but like do you guys have 
Do you have some? We, we have a name. We have it? a name picked out. Uh, we're not. Well, I didn't even mean that. like a real name. I mean like oh. uh, like like a, a nickname. So, for example, uh, um, you know, there was a time when we were gestating the little tyke that we referred to it as Gizmo. You know, that mm. was like it had a almost like a little code name. You know, like Project Gizmo. It just so she was Gizmo, or sometimes um, because when you read the like. Uh, the little emails like babycenter.com emails or something that we subscribe oh, to. Oh, yeah. They would always do the, this week, your baby is the size of a, and right. a, some like. Yeah, we're doing that fruit. too, where it's like the, it's a cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's we a, were uh, like, for, for a long time, she referred to it as the bean because, you know, it was like, your yeah. baby is the size of a bean, you know, when it's first starting, obviously. And so, right. Dude, so, like, do you have like a little pet name for it? I guess is what I was looking uh, at. I've been saying like bean, bean is something that's come up. Yeah. I think a few times, so I think okay. that's that's probably there. Um, but yeah, we'll, it'll be it'll be interesting, and uh, it'll be nice. <laughs> it'll be nice that my sister gets to experience all of this a couple couple months before we do, so I can just <laughs> you know just basically mooch off of whatever experience that she has, and then just kind of like get free clothes all that stuff it takes a little bit of the heat off you guys you know oh i know it's i'm I'm pumped for that uh (laughs) the second thing that i wanted to kind of shout out was graduation which ohio state uh, over mother's day weekend not sure why they did that but ohio state over mother's day weekend had their graduation a number of buckeyes current and former including bradley roby got their degrees which is fantastic so congratulations to them and so we both graduated from ohio state when they were still doing quarters now they're on semesters so they get to graduate in early may instead of early june which i'm going to tell you something man makes all the difference in the world because i don't know what you were doing on graduation i i decided to get both of my degrees i graduated twice i got my bachelor's and master's in consecutive years and then the first time I was very foolish and decided to wear a suit underneath my <laughs> cap and gown because it was a fancy event and why I should be dressed up, of course. And, and it was odd. <laughs> it was obviously 90 degrees, not a single cloud in the sky. I'm sitting in metal bleachers for like three and a half hours in black, <laughs> like a black gown and cap. And I was just soaked with sweat by the end of it. Um, I think Bill Clinton was the speaker, which was interesting. And uh, I don't remember anything about it besides that. It was it was just disgustingly hot and yeah. I was disgustingly sweaty. So I don't know. Did you have, did you have more in-depth or more fun experience uh, I, when you did? I'm trying to remember now what I wore. You're coming about wearing a suit and, and, and I had so to struggle. I have that. no idea why I decided to do that. I, I'm trying to Such remember. I, I feel like. I feel like I probably did have on like a shirt and tie. I know I did not have a jacket on. I feel like I probably had just like khakis and a shirt and tie or something. Yeah, so that smart. You, you look relatively You're not dumb like me. But but I also I graduated uh, summer quarter and was in the shot. Oh, okay. Uh, so climate controlled for nice. the win. Also not you know eight hours. Um, oh my I, god. I, I gotta say and and you know I have nothing but respect for the office of commencement or whatever it's called now. The, the the special events people that do this because the logistical operation i mean i'm not saying that commencement in ohio state spring commencement in particular is comparable to the landing at normandy but it's That's a wild. logistical operation of a massive scale right i think I my graduating that. class in 2007 was like 6,300 people <laughs> and, and what i read like it was almost 13,000 today i think or this <laughs> this this year right like almost 13,000 it's insane yeah 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 it's it's straight up nuts uh so graduating summer quarter 
was pretty great in that regard that now there's a part of me that says, Oh, you know, it would have been nice to walk in the stadium. Um, you know, and, and I was a non-traditional grad in the sense that I, I graduated, I was on the, the tenure track, 10 year track. Cause I went to work full-time after my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had graduated when I was supposed to, um, in Oh four, uh, my class walked across the oval because they were doing renovations on the shoe. Oh, that's kind of fun. So I wouldn't have walked in the oval then uh or in the shoe then so then you know i went back and finished in summer of 11 um and went in the shot now the thing that was really cool about it of course i'm an ag major and so uh the dean of the college at that time was a gentleman named bobby Mosier, great man uh wonderful gentleman and he had been dean for 20 years probably at that point so i'd had the chance to get to know him and interview him uh due to my career in broadcast and uh so he handed me my diploma i also had the chance to interview Gordon Gee many, many times because he was such an active supporter of agriculture. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you've ever met president Gee, you would know he has this incredible facility with names. Oh yeah. If he's met you once, he He remembers you forever, forever. It's, it's uncanny. And so I get my diploma from Dean Mosier. Um, the executive vice president of the Ohio farm bureau was on the board of trustees. So he comes over and shakes my hand and that was very nice. And then I get to president Gee and Dr. Gee looks at me and says, and he knows that here I am, you know, 30 years old or whatnot, going back and finishing my degree. And he says, well, it's about damn time. <laughs> and it's like the most Gordon Gee thing ever. And really it just made, I mean, it just made my day, you know, and I don't know that I would have had that experience had I done summer commencement just because of the sheer volume, like would Gordon, right. Gee have, you know, would I have, would I've had the chance to shake hands with Gordon Gee? Probably not just because the, how that works logistically, right. There's just mm-hmm. people. Uh, so that was pretty great doing it. You know, now, well, I will say a commencement speaker was, I, I don't remember that at all, but uh, yeah. Well, I, so here's the deal though, because you talk about that. I actually did get to shake hands with Gordon Gee the next year that uh, when I was getting my master's because, and it was because I was getting my master's. If you were just getting like an undergrad, yeah, um, they you, just, got, you, you know, got your Dean and that was it. Right. Exactly. But because I was getting my master's, he was shaking hands with all of them. And, um, I told him about my sister who he had met at Vanderbilt while he was there and he remembered her, which was wild. Uh, but here's the thing. The reason why I wanted to talk about my second time graduating is because that's when Johnny got smart. And instead of wearing a suit, I wore swim trunks an undershirt, (laughs) flip flops, and I taped frozen bottles of water to myself oh my god (laughs) because it was actually like 90 degrees that day it was 90 92 degrees and i was like no way in hell i'm i'm being smart guy this time and i was just chugging like i had these waters these frozen water bottles taped to my body (laughs) like i had taped them all around myself and i was just like popping them off and drinking them during the ceremony it was great absolutely great that's incredible for any of you who have not yet graduated, if you're listening to this and maybe you're about to have your commencement, I, I think that's the move. I think that's the way to go. People are going to say, no, no, no. You want to take pictures afterwards? Fine. Keep your keep your cap and gown on. Nobody's going to know the difference. Um, that was much better. I thought you were going to say you were you were uh, going au naturel under your... Oh, no, that'd be disgusting. Nobody needs like, that. John, Johnny, this is a family show. No, 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 no. That that would have justifiably gotten me kicked out and banned from Ohio Stadium forever. I don't... No one needs to... No That's one hilarious. needs to partake in that. Um, but, you know, congrats to all the Ohio State Buckeyes, including Ohio State football Buckeyes and other sports Buckeyes for getting your degrees. That's fantastic. And uh, I will say that I'm slightly jealous that you get to graduate in early May instead of early June, because that's 
a whole pain in the ass. Except but, that, you know, the day of commencement was like monsoon season in Columbus. That's true. It is, I, it's super I'm, rainy out. Yeah. Well, I, I gave the nod to how amazing, you know, the commencement office is earlier. But the flip side of that is I got to see, I, I got to say, like, whose idea was it to have it on Mother's Day, number one? Like, that yeah, was that's terrible scheduling. Uh, but then number two like just i feel bad for the those people because it was miserable in columbus on the day of commencement pretty much all day yeah super gross um so that's that's <laughs> that's unfortunate but you know again congrats i want to talk about this real quick there hasn't been a ton going on in in, in buckeye land i mean we've had some transfers max ray for example offensive tackles going to colorado uh Efton Reed I know some people were looking out for him for to go to Ohio State basketball player five-star center top 30 in the nation he ended up going to LSU and of course people already got the bag I don't know who knows whatever you know it's not it's he definitely got the bag he definitely got the bag Johnny like yeah it's, fine he definitely it's got not <laughs> I'm not going to be upset about it I'm not going to be salty about it on social media like some people have chosen well, to be well here's here I'm going to throw this little bit of salt and I and I've said this on the show before that professionally you know as a as a member of the 11 warriors universe i i follow recruiting because you, you should and, and and i follow it you know yeah sure with a, a mild level of interest a mild level of professional interest that's that's what i should say i follow it because i follow our colleagues who cover it so well and they do a fantastic job our recruiting coverage is absolutely incredible uh that said as a fan of the sport and the the buckeyes in particular I cannot get personally invested any further than are we still kicking everybody else's ass? Okay, good. Carry on because, and the read commitment is like, I think, and I know people who follow recruiting just thought this commitment was hilarious because I want to say this cat like tweeted out, you know, I'm going to announce my commitment tomorrow at noon, like six or seven times. Like it was some Mm -hmm. obscene amount. And you know, every time it was kind of like, LOL, not really, you know, (laughs) and finally, you know, I think this announcement came, two days after the tweet that said something like, you know, definitely happening oh, tomorrow at noon. And then it that was rule later that or kicked ass. Look that <laughs> I know everybody was upset, but that I, I will say that was hilarious. I enjoyed that quite a bit, yeah, but, but that's the sort of thing. Like I, I, you know, I'm not going to get worked up about that in specific, but like, there are so many little things like that, that I'm like, Oh my God, I feel for the people who have to cover this. Oh, I know it's, it's because hilarious. I, I just cannot get personally invested in the whims right of of teenagers you know yeah, like well that's, that's what i'm saying that it's that it's that folly that's what i love about it that's what's hilarious to me is that oh. wait a minute this isn't th- i can't believe this didn't follow the script i'm like well why did you ever think it would uh, well okay that that's that's fair why did you ever think it would is fair but i'm just, yeah. like, i just can't i, no, I get it i get it um and that not, also kind of comes my on the tempo heels. <laughs> yeah and, and that kind of comes on the heels of uh henry toe um going to bama and i know some people were pissed about that uh, well, but- I, I think I think where people, you know, and I will I will say this uh, to to our fellow fans of the sport, like you can't get that invested in this that you're going to get no, you know, like super shitty if somebody doesn't go to your school, like you got to let that go. Well, you and know? he's a transfer too. That's the other thing. I mean, he's you know a really great player, and I think here, here we're not talking about a teenager. You know, this isn't the whims of a teenager. This is somebody who, yeah, as you say, his they they have some idea of what the college experience is like and you know what you got a chance to go to alabama i i can't get i can't yeah. be about that no and especially on and, and here's the other thing if 
as much as I don't really like the idea of Alabama getting better, I do kind of like the idea of Tennessee fans getting really well, mad. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's yes, absolutely. <laughs> so when, when you've got like a situation where one of their best players is going to a team within the same, you know, conference, that's, that's really funny to me. And I am okay with that to a certain extent. Uh, Johnny laughing so, at those tears. Oh my God. It, Volunteers. They, get it. Volunteers. <laughs> and you know what? And no other fan base deserves that better. So I'm not, you know, I'm not super upset about it. Uh, so anyway, there, there, there's some doings to transpire in there. And then other saltiness, this is really kind of want to talk about because this is what sustains us in the off season, right? This, this kind of beef, this kind of pettiness is really what, I think is emblematic of what the off season needs to be so that we don't just all like just kind of curl into a fetal position for several months. Uh, Jimbo Fisher trying to dunk on Nick Saban is really, it, it's giving me life. I, I, I gotta say that like, you know, when Jimbo's talking about um, beating Nick Saban's ass, right. And saying like, Oh, I'm going to take him down. He's, he's, you know, we're going to, we're going to get them, you know, because even before Saban retires, Texas A&M's on the come up. You better watch your back, Bama. Uh, I, first of all, it's really dumb because Jimbo Fisher is dumb and he'll be good for about three years for them. And then he'll fall off a cliff because that's what Jimbo Fisher does. But I also really appreciate this because of Nick Saban's response, which is like, what in golf, <laughs> like Nintendo, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I know there are people who don't, like uh nick saban and i i personally think that is is a professional jealousy type thing that you know yeah, a little bit people people hate on i mean people hate it on the yankees people hate it you know you people hate on winners people hate on lebron james people hate on you know there's when you reach a certain level of success new england patriots you know when you reach a certain level of success yeah people are going to that's that's why we talk about haters you know so you're going to draw haters i got nothing but respect for Nick Saban. He's, he is the best to ever do it. And I think at this point has distanced himself from whomever you want to put in second place, uh, in the greatest to ever do it standings. Uh, and, and, you know, I just, I, I am amazed that he continues and at how well he continues to evolve. Uh, he, he has kept his pro as opposed to like, you look at somebody like urban Meyer, um, who, you know, how well, did urban Meyer evolve later in his tenure? Now you look at, look at some of the things that Ryan day has brought to the table of, uh, offensively, but mm -hmm. how many times were we all being like, you know, just give the ball to Carlos Hyde, you know, at that right. And he's like, no, we're going to go back and do the same thing about a hundred times. Right. Uh, Saban just continues. I mean, granted he's got his, what I call his little Island of misfit toys uh, down there is the Nick Saban home for rehabilitated former head coaches. And so that's a nice luxury to have. Mm -hmm. I, I just think the guy continues to churn out an incredible product. He continues to bring in the, not, not just the best players, but the, the best coaching staff. Um, and he can, he can continue to evolve and make and stay relevant in the game of college football. Very few people can do that for as long as he's done it oh, at that level. Like it's insane what he's yeah. been able to do it's completely unprecedented and it's ridiculous and you've got to respect it I, and, I and here's the other part of that which jimbo doesn't i mean no. i'm not saying that he doesn't respect it i mean that that's that's probably unfair for me to say that but <laughs> he doesn't 
he, he here's what I, here's what I'm saying about that. When I say he doesn't, I mean he doesn't think that there is that much of a separation. I don't think he thinks that there's much of a separation between him and Nick Saban because that's the kind of person Jimbo Fisher is. If Jimbo Fisher was more consistently successful, he would be Dabo Swinney. Like that, they are they are one of a kind, and I hate Jimbo Fisher. I just cannot stand the dude. He's such a whiny little turd, and the fact that he's trying to dunk on the most successful college football coach of all time yeah. is hilarious to me. And it's not going to work because yes, they've been okay at, at college station under Jimbo. They haven't been great, but they've been fine. Uh, I think they finished fourth last season, but yeah, man, I, I don't know why you, I don't, I mean, what are you trying to do? You start a beef and I love beefs. Don't get me wrong. I think beefs are great. Just pick maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Pick pick somebody else within conference that you L- might literally want to start. anyone but literally <laughs> anyone else. And there are a lot of great options in the SEC, right? Like that you might want to start some some mess with. I have no problem with that. I'm just saying that maybe don't start with Nick Saban. That's all. It's, that's all. It, it, it's if you're going to come at the king, you better not miss. You know, yeah. kind of thing. And and now, so I, I will. If I was I was trying to figure out like, okay, is there any way that I is there any reason I should be be charitable to Jimbo in this in the, in the setup for the question, you know, apparently this was at like a uh, touchdown club dinner or something like that. Yeah. And said, you know, other than Saban retiring, what is the key to beating Alabama? Like, okay, that's a setup that, you know, like you're, you're basically saying, Hey, we're assuming you're going to lose to Saban, but if you, right. but if you were, if you were going to win, what would it take? You know? So he's, he's kind of set up in a, you know, in, in a no win kind of answer. But at the same time, I'm with you 100%. He's like not a character that I in any way. Whereas just, I, just be humble, though. Just I, I get it. You don't want to say, okay, well, we're going to lose to Alabama, right? But then say instead, you know, we're going to try to do our best. We're going to compete every day in the recruiting. Yeah, you do the coach you know, speak thing. It's, it's yeah, coach just speak. do a coach speak. Don't do so. Don't, don't, don't stir the pot. There's no reason to do that with Nick Saban. Now, again, I highly encourage him to do it with any other coach because I think that <laughs> yeah. makes sense and is hilarious. Him and Mike Leach beefing, you know, that'd be great. Yes. Or Lane Kiffin or, or Ed. Oh, like, it doesn't I, forget, matter. I, I forget that Kiffin's in the, in, in the SEC now. That's right. He's back. Oh, that's hilarious. Tons of people, tons of people to do that with. I just think Nick Saban's kind of above that. Now, my question to you though, is in the big 10, what are some beefs that you would like to see start? Because Ryan Day has had an incredibly successful tenure at Ohio State thus far, but it's it's a very short one, right? So maybe he hasn't had time to kind of build up this animosity amongst his fellow coaches. And frankly, I don't. I, I think most of them like him. I think, and you know, as opposed to like Urban Meyer, I think most of the coaches in the Big Ten think Ryan Day is a pretty cool dude. But do you see any beefs that could develop? within the big 10 and i see one very specific one and i am really 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 excited for i i mean i'm all excited about the budding rivalry between you know rutgers and and uh, michigan i think that's uh, a <laughs> great great rivalry that we got, got going yes there. uh you know <laughs> i think you're right though i don't know that i have a great answer to this question about the big beefs in the in the well, big 10 but but we've got one big beef who came back to the big 10 right one big beefy boy who was back in the Big Ten? And back in the Big Ten. The return of Brett. Bert. He, Bert. I mean, he's forever Bert to me. He can't stop himself, and so he's in a position where he's going to be given free reign to basically do whatever he wants. Lovey Smith was terrible and still got like three or four years or whatever. He's gonna. He's got cash. He's got like name recognition, so he's going to be able to stick around for a while. He's going to find somebody to try to pick on and to make his program look better than it actually is and 
I got to be honest, this would be the equivalent. This is what Jimbo was going for, but I, I would not be shocked. And I don't know. I've got to look up the, the schedule here. I don't know if Illinois is playing them anytime soon or what their schedule looks like in the future. Because, um, I, I mean, I would think – hang on. Let me look this up. Because here's the thing. I, one, one of the things that I want to say about uh, Brett Bielema is that he also pulled off uh, one of my all-time favorite troll moves in college football history. And that's when he exploited um, a kickoff rule to continuously like basically run time off the clock by uh, it was, it was towards the end of the first half against Penn state. And this is when Joe Paterno was still a head coach. And he basically um, exploited this, uh, this loophole within the rules that said that time had to run off even if there was a penalty called or something like that and so basically he got a penalty called on his team three or four times in a row to to get to the end of the half because he didn't want illinois getting the football back or penn state <laughs> getting the football back and joe Paterno was pissed and at the time it was like oh bert you jerk now and, and you know after we know what we know about joe pa and what was going on now it's like okay good like stick it to that douchebag um you know he was the guy who who you know comes out looking better than that um i just want to know when illinois is playing michigan next that's really what i want to know um because i feel like it looks like they're playing him in 2022 i i want to see a budding rivalry between him and uh and uh jim harbaugh because i feel like those two personalities will not mesh <laughs> the uh the, the only thing i can say about bert is that he blocked me on twitter <laughs> he's and and, and I there was that whole there was that whole fiasco there was that whole like thing with the uh, deal with it and all that other stuff i forget i was that it with his wife i can't remember i i, I and i think it if i recall correctly i mean he was blocking every ohio state tangential person yeah the like i don't want to except I, me I for some say, reason i i remain unblocked i don't know why i started to say that uh he had uh i i was going to blame it on dj or somebody like that that it had <laughs> gone at him and I, well like <laughs> it's he's the easy choice and i and i don't want to just throw my man under the bus like that but <laughs> but he uh whatever it was like i replied to a comment like and not realizing you know that i was also then replying to bert or something like that like it right. was whatever it was it was the most lame block and i remember then when he came back people are talking about you know him joining illinois and i'm trying to find i'm like i can't why can't I find he, where, where's, <laughs> son of a bitch blocked me? You know, like, what is that? That's hilarious. About? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, is hilarious. hilarious. Uh, yeah. Illinois plays Michigan um, Saturday, October 29th, 2022. I really hope that Harbaugh and Bielema get into a fist fight at the 50 yard line. That's, that's what my dream is. And again, I don't know that there's too many coaches that want to have any beefs with Ryan day, but, because he just, you know, he's, he's very much, uh, as, as good as he is, he definitely fits the mold of the rest of the big 10. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's, he's one of the, he's, he's a PJ flex, Scott Frost, Pat Fitzgerald, James Frank, like they're all kind of cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And I think they probably get along because of that. So that's cool. But you know, I want Greg Schiano to, to be a turd to somebody and i just i want big 10 media days to be just a horrible awful beef between all of them they're all just really angry at each other i think Shadow that would be gonna fun. cut somebody <laughs> yeah i think that would be good 
and you know here's the other thing i mean we've got some new blood in the big 10 which i appreciate that's the other thing you know you've got some some coaches that you know are making their their i know mel tucker obviously was there last season but um you know that's not can't really draw too much off of 2020 so we'll see we'll see what that looks like i think that'll be fun um and it's also weird you know kirk ferentz has been there forever but forever. behind him uh, the longest tenured coach is, is fitz so it'll be interesting to see him become like the what's the you know he, he's, he's the, the guy the elder who statesman here directly, he's the elder statesman know. yeah it'll be interesting when he becomes the elder statesman for the big 10 because he's the most big 10 looking human being that you can ever envision <laughs> possibly he's, he's a great avatar for he is for the conference he really is. Um, and he's going to be, I mean, shoot, that dude's going to be at Northwestern for 40 more years, probably. I, I don't think he will how, how ever old leave. Is, how old is Fitz? Fitz? I mean, he's probably in his mid to late 40s. He is, let's see, because I do for some reason have his thing. He's 46, so he could coach for yeah. another 40 years. Yeah, young guy. Yeah, and uh, and and be around for a long, long time, which I'm I'm okay with because I think that's exactly what Northwestern football should be. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what I mean? Like decently yeah. good occasionally, and then that's fine. Um, so yeah, hopefully Big Ten media days are going to be fun. Hopefully SEC media days are going to be fun, and Jimbo doesn't just do the cowards thing and become really contrite when they see each other in public and in person again, which I'm sure he will. Cause he's Jumbo Fisher, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe Lane Kiffin will, will reignite that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so that's kind of what's been going on for the past week. Uh, we also want to remind you uh, listener of the Dubcast that the Dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11 warriors.com shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of great stuff. Check it out. Uh, drygoods.11warriors.com and let's let's do a little ask us anything which of course is always the best part of our weeks and you can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com and i'm going to start with uh we'll start with something light and then we'll get into something a little more existential which again i i gotta say i love the existential stuff i really appreciate it when people send in the more thoughtful questions um so thank you so much uh to everybody who sends those in uh but let's start with our good friend alvin and he wants to know are buckeye fans expected to root for urban and sunshine aka trevor lawrence um what what say you no advance no no i, I don't think so at all <laughs> I, I think i think at the next level you root for whoever you want. And I think it's okay if you have your own set of heuristics. Oh, sure. So, so for example, I uh, enjoy following former Ohio state players at the next level, but the team we support in this house is the Pittsburgh Steelers mm -hmm. uh, because of the stunning Mrs. Vance's loyalty there. Um, and because I'm not, I don't have any personal loyalty to Cincinnati or Cleveland. I'm not from either of those cities. I, I did root for the Bengals as a kid, but only just tacitly. I, the Ohio state university has always been my primary football rooting interest at any level of the game. Uh, so like I am okay rooting for individual Buckeyes or cheering for them or like, I think it's great that uh, the Bozas are having fantastic careers as an example, but I'm not suddenly going to become a Los Angeles fan uh, right. to root for a Boza. I'm not suddenly a fan of the Washington football team to root for Chase Young, even though I personally very much enjoy watching Chase Young playing football. So, you know, that that's sort of my own heuristic. Like I find it, I, it's exciting to me to see a team like New Orleans that has 
47 Buckeyes on the roster. Like, I think that's really cool. Uh, and it's fun to talk about, but new Orleans is not suddenly my team. Right. So same thing with urban Meyer. Like I'm, I'm, I am not rooting for, nor am I rooting against urban Meyer at the next level. I find urban Meyer at the next level. Interesting, I guess is what I would say. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm looking for an interesting story because I feel like he's either going to be the second coming of Jimmy Johnson, or he's going to flame out spectacularly, maybe not in year one. Uh, but I don't feel like this is one of those where we're going to have a guy who is, you know, like, um, oh, let's say, uh, what's, uh, what's the cat's name at, um, that coached at Cincinnati for 20 years, Marvin, uh, oh, what's Marvin, oh, Marvin Lewis, Lewis. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see him being a Marvin Lewis. That's just like there for 20 years Fine. and is okay, but never great. Like, yeah. I don't like, I feel like it's either going to be exceptionally good or exceptionally bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and there are days when I think because he's been so successful everywhere he's been that he's going to be fantastic here too. And then you read a story that like, he's bringing in Tim Tebow to be a tight end or something, you know, and right. I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe this isn't going to go so well. You know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are paying attention because they do want to see whether it's going to be a train wreck or they want to see it's going to be something really kick-ass and it could be, I agree with you. I think it's going to be one or the other. I don't, I agree. I don't think mediocrity is, is, uh, is in the cards for whatever ends up happening with urban Meyer. But if you um, as a fan are personally invested in urban Meyer's success because of his connection to Ohio state, then you do you to, yeah, that's to, fine. to quote the kids these days. I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think that we quote unquote, as a fan base need to be in lockstep on this issue. Like I do not think yeah. it reflects in any way, shape or form on the Ohio state university football program. If urban Meyer either wins a super bowl or gets shit canned after two years, like I don't think either of those things is in any way uh, reflective of the worth of Ohio state's football. Yeah. Program. I don't, I don't think you have any obligation to, urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence or Jacksonville or whatever. I think once, once they I, I sure the don't draft have any, and, yeah. Once you enter the I'm draft, trying. once you get on a team, there's no, you know what I mean? There, you, you pick who you want to root for in the NFL and then you can kind of stick with that. And if your team happens to have Buckeyes, that's great. And yep. maybe you're the kind of person who's like, okay, I love the team that has the most Buckeyes. That's okay too. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but people, uh, people root for like teams for their own reasons. I, I, I know a guy, you know, very good friend of, of our family who, you know, his, his college team is Michigan. He's not from Michigan. There's no families from Michigan, no family members from Michigan and his NFL teams like the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles. He doesn't have any connection to Philadelphia. He's not, you know, nobody from there. And so like, why is he rooting this? I don't know, but those are his teams, you know, yeah. like one of, one of my best friends is a, a big Ohio state fan. He's from Illinois. He went to the university of Illinois, uh, lives in the St. Louis area, you know, has no connection to Ohio state. And I asked him one time, I said, why are you such a big Ohio state fan? And he said, well, you have to understand. He said, I grew up uh, when Rex Kern was the man. And he said, I just remember watching him on television and thinking he was the coolest guy and the greatest quarterback I'd ever seen. And he said, I became an Ohio State fan because of Rex Kern. Yeah. And, and this guy like comes to a Buckeye game every year, you know, he'll come, come from out in, in Illinois or, or Missouri, wherever he is, and watch a game. And he's raised his kids to root for Ohio State. He has no connection to Ohio State. So yeah. you root for whoever you, you root for whoever you want to root well, for. It's, okay. it's like, you know, it's, it's every kid that, you know, we knew growing up who was a Cowboys fan in Southwestern Ohio. Hey, I, I had a Cowboys starter jacket. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Cause Michael Irvin was cool as hell. 
and it was fun watching Emmett Smith run over dudes and, and people like that. And that was, you know, I, so I don't, you know, I don't begrudge anybody their rooting interests. You, you um, had a starter jacket, right? You're of that, you're, you're of that era. Was I had that, a UC you, starter you... jacket. Okay. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Bearcats basketball team. I was really invested in Huggy Bear. H- and, I was going to say Huggy Bear was there at that time, right? Yeah. Nick Van Exel and Kenyon Martin. Those were my dudes. Danny yeah. Force. Oh my God. Danny Forsen was my favorite basketball player of all time for a while in college um <laughs> so yeah yeah i mean it's you just you become interested in, in things now i will say the and this actually is a nice segue into um our next question but the only the only fans that i held ire for were um michigan fans that i grew up with who were simply that to be contrarian and they didn't uh, yeah. really care about the team and i was like okay that's that's a bit much but yeah, they were winning and I couldn't really say much in the nineties, but now it had the same thing. One of my great friends in all through elementary, middle high school, uh, we, we share a birthday uh, mm-hmm. and he was that guy. I, I, I love him. He's a, he's a great guy, but that was his one flaw was he rooted for <laughs> that team specifically because everybody else in town was a Buckeye fan. So he was going to be the contrarian. Right. Which and, I find a little silly, but you know, and it is yeah. what it is. Uh, this so this question here, which kind of relates to that, is from Matt, and Matt says a little bit of background here. My dad, uncles, and brother all went to Ohio State, but my wife went to Kent and did most of her growing up in North Carolina. I share this as an explanation for why my deeply ingrained and petty disrespect for the state up north flows strongly in my family and not hers. My children have also been taught to not give a darn about the whole state of Michigan as appropriate for ages five and eight. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, persists in not being really a fan of that behavior. Uh, and essentially, he goes on a little bit and he says that, you know, his his position on this is that uh, tribalism and rivalry and competition can become problematic. But, you know, it's it's a part of human, you know, human nature. And it's it's probably good to have a more healthy outlet than, than maybe a more aggressive, mean outlet, you know, that that's more like maybe, you know not really it's more serious i guess in nature so football sports in general is less serious and you know hating that that team up north is better than maybe hating somebody as an actual human being uh but his wife remains unconvinced so (laughs) what do we think um can we add anything to bolster his argument or should he stop rationalizing and embracing uh hating the state up north uh no he should definitely not no no like that <laughs> should be a deeply continue held, to hate that should be a deeply held conviction and and i think you know it's funny there's a part of me that says some of us take it to uh an extreme that's kind of like uh okay yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe no, i think people definitely do though i maybe, think maybe that's a bridge too far, too far there <laughs> chapo you know calm down but yeah. I think it is perfectly fine. You know, there, I, I have this feeling that sometimes we as, as humans or as a society take ourselves too seriously. And this is one of those examples. Like if, if people are seriously stewing and fretting about, you know, the deleterious effects of hatred between Ohio state and Michigan fans, like you just need to get over that. Like that's <laughs> one of those things that you need to build a bridge and get on over because yeah. this you know, and this isn't even like Alabama, Auburn, like I'm, you know, uh, oh, Harvey Updike poisoning trees. Like yeah. what's the worst thing that anyone's done in service of the Ohio state, Michigan rivalry? Like I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time and granted I wear scarlet colored glasses, but I'm having a hard time thinking of something like truly horrible that somebody's done because of the right. rivalry, you know? Uh, and I think about, I, I know people who are Michigan fans and, you know, it's some good natured jabs, you know, when we're together uh, watching a bowl game or watching the other team, the other person's teams, um, I've taken my lumps before, just like you, you were talking about growing up, you know, when Michigan was winning in the rivalry oh, at sure. such a lopsided pace, you take your lumps and it's, and then, but you know, you deliver in kind. I think sports are a great metaphor for life in a lot of ways. We take that metaphor too far at times. Uh, but, but by and large, I agree with the idea that I would much rather us invest some negative emotional energy in service of a sports rivalry than something more serious you know right so like i think it's okay to have that outlet you you have all of these emotions in life and you should have healthy outlets for all of them you know yeah i i agree with that i will say however that i think that a lot of it like that i think a lot of it does get a little over the top to the point where it becomes silly and, and, and like, here's, here's what I would say. I, I think there has to be a certain measure of, of being tongue in cheek. That's what I would say where, yes. Yes. because, because here's what I would say. Like I have been around Ohio state fans my entire life. Much of that was in the nineties when Ohio state was getting their lunch handed to them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you something, some of those Ohio state fans that I was around during the nineties did not handle that particularly well. Like, taking it out on people, like screaming at people, breaking their own property. Like that's when it becomes a little bit too much, right? When yes. you've, you have overly invested yourself in this rivalry to the point where you are willing to actually like destroy something or like scream at something to the point where they think you might like actually injure yourself or others. That's when it goes way, way too far you have to have a sense of humor about it. That's what I feel about it. If you lose your sense of humor about it, then you need to, you need to take a couple steps back. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's where, I, that's where I stand on it. As long as there's always this sense of humor, there's a little bit of tongue and cheekness to it, then it's fine. I, I think that's something where everybody involved can kind of understand that it's, it's silly and it's fun. And, and yes, you're going to say like F Michigan and all that other stuff. But as long as people are like in on the joke, I think that's okay. Um, to me where it gets too far is when people start to take it really seriously. And like, you know, I like going to Michigan for trips sometimes with my wife. That, that's fun. I like doing that. I'm not one of those people who will like never set foot in the state because Woody Hayes supposedly right. pushed his car back <laughs> over the line, which by the way, that's hilarious. And I'm fine with that, that's but a, that's a great my, level of pettiness back to our right. thing about, you know, having a, uh, having a, an acceptable, enjoyable, Fantastic. entertaining level of pettiness. That yeah, is, that's, that is that's, there. that's great. I have no problem with that. That, that hurts no one. It's funny. And in fact, it inconveniences Woody Hayes more than anybody else. That's what I enjoy about that story. But what I'm saying is, is that, I have definitely seen people who take it way too far, make it way too personal and make it way too like a part of their personality, a part of their being to the point where they're like, you know, if Ohio state or Michigan, they've got to somehow prove themselves to people. I that's, just, it's too much. You just, you gotta, you gotta take a step back. And if it loses its humor, then it's not really worth it in my opinion. Yeah, so that's where I stand on that. There's a phrase I learned from my brothers in the Masonic fraternity that I think applies here. And, and they'll, they'll talk about keeping everything in due bounds. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what sports in general, 
you know, need to occupy the right place in your life. And that is, it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's, it should be fun. It should be enjoyable. I, I remember when the stunning Mrs. Vance and I were first dating. And at, at that time, like if Ohio state lost a football game, you know, I, I was kind of like urban Meyer, I guess that it just, it affected me negatively. That wasn't like breaking things or, you know, some of the extremes you're yeah. talking about, but I would be like very upset about it. And, and fortunately, you know, in the 10 years that we've been together, um, Ohio state hasn't lost very many football games, <laughs> right? You don't have too many opportunities to feel that way, but, but the times that they did, like it, it, it was really upsetting. Right. And so I, I had to kind of come, come to grips with that, that like, wait a minute, why am I so upset about this? This is not personally affect me in any way. I was not on the team. I'm not on the staff. This does not affect my bonus. You know, like I'm a coach yeah. on the team or anything. So right. I, I just gotta, you know, I just gotta let that go and enjoy. And I think some of that comes with maturity. Um, some of it comes from, you know, being involved in, in our case, I think being involved in a media outlet that covers university athletics changes. That your, definitely changes your perspective. Yeah. I, just on, just on does. sports in general. Like, I think you yeah. get, I, I don't want to say a healthier perspective, but you, you, you get a different a, perspective. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily healthier for everyone, but it's, right, right, well, it's, it's, uh, and I don't want to say detachment either, but I, I think you at least try to, at least our staff I know does uh, have, um, a degree of objectivity. Yeah. Separate. Most of us are, you know, connected to the university in some way, whether alumni, lifelong fans, whatever it is. Uh, so you, you have, there is a fan aspect of it, but you know, you try to bring in that, that degree of, of objectivity to what's a very subjective thing. I think where, what really bothers me. So like the Michigan rivalry, you know, I don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan thing. Like, I think that's fun and tongue in cheek and lighthearted. What bothers mm. me is when I see people and, and usually it's on social media, um, which is a good reminder that the internet was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, when I see people who get so invested in, let's say recruiting as an example, that when a kid, you know, we talked about a couple earlier in the program opts to go to a different school, then there's all of this nastiness oh, gosh, Some of it, yeah. extremely nasty. Uh, there's never a reason to tweet at recruits. There's right. never a reason to, especially to tweet at a recruit or a player's family members, you oh, know? Gosh. Um, and so, so some of the stuff that I see in, in that vein is really, you know, beyond the pale. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I realize that the term fan is short for fanatic, but when I see some of those things, it, it, that that's really bothersome. So that to me is where yeah. the kind of rivalry fandom crosses over into something yeah. that's not at all good or cool yeah and that's the problem because like social media definitely gives people like that that kind of outlet if they do take it way too seriously and, and people say things they would never in a million years oh, say no, to yeah. a real person to a live person in the real world like right, you would exactly. never walk up to somebody and say the crap that you say on facebook or twitter uh, and it's not just it's not just a fans i mean i think that's that's true of, of many social media. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whether, it, yeah. whether we're talking about sports or not. Exactly. It's definitely not confined to sports. That's everything. Um, which is unfortunate. Very um, unfortunate. Yeah. So Matt, what I would say is that for me personally, I, you know, I think that having a little bit of, of that rivalry stuff is fine, but you definitely have to be aware of the limits and, and when it becomes too serious, when it becomes too, uh, too real then that's that's the time to step back like everything it's in moderation and yeah. it can be fun as long as everybody involves you know everybody involved understands that it is fun and it's supposed to be fun and silly but if it gets away from that then that's when it's time to i think stop really um, 
Yeah. So thank you for sending those in. Those are excellent questions. I really appreciate them. It's again, I, I love the the deep thinking stuff. It's so good. We have very intelligent listeners on the 11 Dubcast. Um, so thank you for sending those in and thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week to go over all the various beefs that emerge in college sports. I'm so excited to talk about them uh, and answer your questions. Um, so until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time.